0: I don't care if you're going to the car wash. I need my co-host on the same level, roughly. Thanks, bud. Yep.
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: And welcome to the week five edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Anthony. Now, how you doing, Rob? Pretty good. All right, and we got a special guest, returning guest. Uh, quarterbacks coach and co-offensive coordinator, Coach Jarrett Troxler. How you doing tonight?
2: Hey, guys. How y'all doing?
0: All right. Now, before we get into it, um, just real quick off the top, because I feel like that helped our social media a lot last time, you know, follow. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, that I promise we're going to use at some point, at Black Swarm Pod on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes at The Black Swarm Podcast. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um,
3: I guess I'm going to kick it over to you, Rob, for the first question, because I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're coming off of a a big game last week against Penn Trafford, a team coming in from Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, saw some good things from them in the media, what their head coach had to say about the experience here, as well as some of the athletes that we had. uh, can you, uh, elaborate on your aspect of, uh, I don't like that word, not aspect perspective, perspective, There you go. let's go perspective. Yep. All right. On your perspective of uh, what their coach was saying about our town, our stadium, and our players.
2: Yeah, you know, I think I saw it, um, was it yesterday or day four yesterday? It kind of circulated around, and someone sent me a text with the article. I think it was one of our coaches. I can't remember. But um, it was awesome to read that, you know. um, They said some great things about our players, um, said some great things about, you know, obviously – playing in paul brown tiger stadium which you know every friday night it's just um almost got to look around and take it in right before uh kickoff to really soak it up that man i get to coach football in this great stadium in front of these great fans this great town and you know it's a it's it's a surreal feeling you know the fireworks the 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 swing band and just a whole whole deal and um so it's just fun to see other people's perspective of it, and um, you know he hit the nail on the head. You know with with the stadium and the fans and the the game day atmosphere, and then he went on to talk about Aiden, um, and our two receivers Andrew and uh, Jaden, which you know everybody everybody knows about those guys. Um, what I thought was really cool was he complimented our offensive line, and that group has worked extremely hard, and you know. Uh, they, they knew coming into it, I mean, we only have one restart, returning starter on that offensive line. Um, so I thought it was really neat that he singled out the offensive line um, because Coach Mazur, Coach, Coach Robinson, and, uh, and those kids have worked extremely hard, uh, not only in the offseason but camp. And through each game, our guys have gotten better and better and better up front. And so that, I thought that was really cool to see that.
3: Yeah, so it's definitely great to hear, you know, those good words from another coach about our experience. Um, you know, talking about hearing things from coaches online in the media um, over the off season, I saw a few things that had you tagged in them from different clinics you spoke at, or you know, different seminars or whatever it was online that I saw a few different things. Um, can you just go on about some of the different things you did in the off season and you know where it was and who it was with?
2: Yeah, I. Um you know, I started back in 2011. Uh, speaking with Glazier Clinics, it's a uh, football um, clinics they put on across this, the nation. We had a really good year one year at Lakeside, and I got asked to speak. And it's one of those things when you're kind of in, you know, you, you, they invite you back a lot, and you know, um, also um, the Georgia High School. Athletic Association, they put on a big Nike clinic in Atlanta every year, and um, it's actually where I met Coach Moore for the first time. Well, I was speaking at Nike clinic, he was speaking at Nike clinic, and we kind of met there uh, in Atlanta. Um, and, um, you know, so I've continued that relationship, obviously being at Maslin now, they, they always invite me down to speak. Um, and I get a chance to hang out with my buddies in, from Georgia and, uh, and, and talk ball. And then you know Glazier Clinics. I do the uh, I do the online e clinics. Um, and then I you know I went to Atlanta last year and I spoke at, uh, at in Atlanta for the Glazier Clinics. Then I spoke in Cleveland. And this upcoming year I'm doing Detroit and in Indianapolis. So I'm excited about that. Um, go talk Tiger football. I did some stuff with USA Football. Some some online articles. So any anything to do to to, uh, to um, you know showcase what we're doing at Maslin, showcase, uh, you know, it also keeps you sharp as a coach, um, you know, because you're at these clinics and you're speaking, you're showing everything that you do, and then, you know, guys will ask you questions or they'll email you and you go, you kind of do a lot of networking and, and talking football and getting dif- different perspectives um, from other people about what you're doing. So it's a, it's, it's a cool deal.
0: Um, so where do you find the line between, you know, telling – sharing with other coaches what you do and, you know, like what we do around here versus not giving away too much information and kind of like, you know, giving away the secret sauce.
2: Right, you know, and that that's something that, you know, when I speak down in Atlanta, I don't, you know, I'll share whatever I want to, you know, because we don't play anybody from down there. Obviously, I would I, know, tread a little lightly when I, when I spoke in Cleveland, you know, as far as just, you know, going into detail about what our calls are, you know, why we think this, but, you know, on general topics, you know, I would just throw out general type stuff, you know, and uh, a lot of the, I did a lot of quarterback drill work stuff, which, you know, who cares if people know how we teach something, you still got to go out and teach it. And, um, you know, just anything to help other coaches out there, uh, with quarterback play is my goal. And I think we, you know, as a football coach, you need to be willing to share, you know, and, um, so I don't I don't worry too much about that. You still gotta know you still gotta be able to stop it. You still gotta be able to know when we're gonna call that specific play. You know, it's and, and we, you know, you don't share all your adjustments and things that you do off of it. So just gotta you gotta be mindful of who's sitting in the in the in the meeting rooms.
3: <laughs> yeah, so talking about you know, different quarterback techniques and how you help coach and teach it uh you've had the same guy here you know starting for three years now how has the progression gone in those three years of what you may have had to teach back then versus how you can focus something now
2: well it's kind of cool because when i came in aiden was a sophomore you know it was his first year starting you know so we started from grounds you know ground zero i was a new new quarterback coach um he's a new quarterback and you know um I had to teach him the things that I thought were the best best practices. And so it's, it's progressed unbelievable. You know, I saw it last year. I've never coached a three-year starter until this year. And so that, that's been unique for me to experience. Um, you know, and it's, it's – I don't want to say turnkey because there's, you can always find things to coach up and to get better at. And, I, and I'm coaching him every play. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, simple states, the thing I like about it is I can get in more detail about scheme into year three than I can footwork and drops and, you know, all this. And then if he, he has a mistake, you know, I can just throw out one of our you know, I guess buzzwords that we use um, or cues, and he knows exactly what I'm wanting him to do. You know, so that that's been helpful too. It's 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 been an experience for me because I've I've never coached a guy for that long, you know, Uh, and it's 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 awesome. And you know, the cool thing about it is too is Catron seeing all that, you know, and Catron's learning, you know, and and you know, Catron may not have started, you know, for two years, but he's been getting that same type of coaching. I've had Catron since he was a freshman. You know, so you know it's 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 been it's been helpful for him as well, if that makes sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, now when you were at the booster club meeting a couple weeks ago, you put uh, you put on film our what sophomore quarterback that got some playing time against Glen Oak. Yes, Tanner. Yeah, um, and a play that you know we haven't really seen ran since what, uh, Menor. Uh, two seasons ago of it was an option play basically Mm -hmm. and just kind of showing off you know that hey this is what this guy can do so we have plays in there for that Mm -hmm. um is how different is it like coaching a guy like uh longwell that's more of a pocket passer even though he has that the athleticism like we talked about and he's shown before to you know be a option quarterback but you want to keep him as more of a pocket passer versus coaching a guy like that to where you can run the option you can run you can be a little more free with running the quarterback
2: Well, it's all all about finding the strength of the quarterback and what he does best. And then, you know, the scheme that we're running up front is basically the same as we would run with Aiden. We're just not blocking one guy. We're reading him, whereas, you know, he's on the first level. He's on the, let's say, a DN five technique. We're blocking him with Aiden, and we're reading a linebacker, but we're reading the throw, you know, with Tanner. We're, you know, we're ripping inside that five technique, you know, if it's some type of replay and we're getting up on the linebacker. Now we're reading him with the run. So, it's, it's, you know, it's just it's the same type deal. We're accounting for one extra guy in the box, but we account for it with, you know, either running the ball or throwing the ball depending on the quarterback's strength. And Tanner's getting better at throwing the ball. I'm not saying he can't throw it, but he does a great job running. And um, as a coach, as quarterback coach, and, and we, we've got to make sure that our offense is, is to the strengths of the quarterback.
3: Yeah, so also being the offensive coordinator, as well as the quarterback's coach, um, you have to deal with the whole offense as a whole of the scheme. I know Mazer has a strong grip on the line, uh, Coach Cale Miller, the receivers. But when you have to tie it all in together – how much are you working with the other groups of players besides just the quarterback? Or is that more of a you work together as coaches Then they all kind of split up the yeah, workload?
2: The, the beautiful thing about here at Maslin, you know, um, is the group of guys we have. I mean, John is the best offensive line coach in the state of Ohio. And I'll, I'll argue that with, with anybody. Um, Cale Miller is the best receiver coach in the state of Ohio. And I'll argue that with anybody. You know, those guys do a tremendous job. Um, and it's, it's neat because we get in there together and we come up with game plans. We come up with practice plans. We come up with drills and things that we want to do. And then, you know, I, I, I don't say two words to the receivers. I don't say anything to the line. You know. Now, if we see something, we'll correct it. You know, if I see, you know, um, something Jaden doesn't do right, you know, I may correct him. Or if kale's close to me I say, Hey, what about that? And or or Cal has already corrected it before I can get it out of my mouth, you know. Um or I'll just look at Kale and then we'll go, Hey, let's look at it on film, you know, whatever. But um, you know, we kinda we kinda you know, coach our own guys uh, because we're we, we really are. This is our third year working together, and so we're we're just so on the same page. It's 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 awesome. It's a great thing to have. Um, but obviously, you know, if somebody sees something that that Aiden's doing wrong, you know, I don't I don't get my feelings hurt if Coach Mazur says, you know, hey, you know, what are you thinking right there? Or, you know, they a lot they do do a good job of not talking to the quarterback. That's one thing I've a uh, you know that always scares me because. You don't need you don't need five people telling a quarterback he read something wrong. You know, um, he needs a consistent, same language. You know, all the time. So uh, we try not coach other guys. Guys, does that make sense? Um, unless we just have to. You know, unless we. It's just one of those things where we just do it, and then we. You know, we wear our practice headsets, and you know, we may just like I may just correct Andrew on something. Then I'm like. Hey Kale, sorry I ain't trying to step on your toes. You know, which he says, I don't care, whatever. Get it fixed. <laughs> you know he's trying to signal into play. So, you know we don't. We, there's no egos in that room. So we don't. We don't. That's not a big issue for us. Um, so no, I don't. That's a long-winded answer for <laughs> that question. But I don't. I don't try. I don't. I, our guys coach our guys. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about that.
3: So when it comes to everybody being on the same page you know, working together as an offense. Um, I assume timing is a pretty big part of that, you know, especially when you're working RPOs and you can have linemen downfield, um, stuff like that. Uh, How often or how far through a progression does Aiden go on some of your plays? Because I know a lot of the times in some of our deep balls, it's not like when you're watching another team, he takes three steps back and just heaves it downfield. It's usually a little bit later, later on. Is he working through progressions? Are you waiting for guys to get open? Yeah. Or uh, how is our offense set up? with?
2: Yeah, them? Yeah, we're a progression, I guess you could say, progression team as far as quarterback reads. You know, he has some stuff that I call peak routes, where peak means to us is pre-snap read, I'm looking at the depth of the safety, where the safety is aligned, you know, and in that can tell him a lot of information. And if he thinks he's got a shot pre snap, you know, he can look one way, come to the other, or, you know, he can do some things where he can get it out a lot faster, you know. So I call it a checklist. You know, he goes through his pre snap checklist, checks the peak route. I don't like it right here. So now I I get to my post snap progression. So in his drop, and we coach we coach this pretty hard. As he's in his drop, you know, on that third step in his drop, that foot goes in the ground, he's looking at his first read. If it's not there, he's then getting his eyes to his second read as he's stepping up in the pocket. And then once he reaches the front of the pocket, if that second read's not open, he's finding the third progression of the concept. You know that's our three-step gun stuff, which is old-school five-step progression. You know, but we're in the shotgun, so it's a three-step progression. And then we have our, you know, we don't throw. I was to- talking to um, Hank about this earlier. We don't, we don't really have quick game. We have RPOs. We throw stick, you know, but but our RPOs are our quick game. So you know, we do have some one-step stuff, you know, and he can one-step it and rip it out there, you know. Um, Now, if he sees a certain coverage and it's a three step drop, if he sees a certain coverage and he has to get the ball out now, he can one step that. So that goes into being in a third year where he can recognize stuff pre snap. And even though it calls for a three step drop, you know, he may not take a three step drop because he's got to get it out faster, if that makes sense. And, you know, that's the beauty of what we're doing right now on offense is. You know, we don't have to call, like, uh, some protection number. All right, this is our five-step stuff. No, all our – you know, it, it, it's all based on coverage, the way he drops in his progression. So,
3: so with the three-year starting quarterback, he's able to pick things up a little bit quicker. He's seen a lot of different things over his time, and he's been coached up a lot of different things over time. Um, I remember when we were talking to Coach Miller about the receivers, about how they run their routes – a lot of it is based on where the defender is playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of different coverage rules. Uh, how quickly is Aiden able to pick up these different coverages? Do you see teams trying to disguise coverages against you? And how does that really change uh, the quarterback's progression or even a receiver's route if a team were to switch coverage at the last second?
2: Yeah, and, and we, we try to defeat that in the spring you know when we we'll, you know I'll meet you know we're only allowed to do certain things in the in the spring with our guys so I'll try to have some one-on-one quarterback time and um, I'll get them on the whiteboard and you know we'll talk about rotating safeties and this and that you know to me and everybody you know coach Miller goes in and fills out the 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 coverage from the opposing teams and you know maybe cover 6 cover 4 this and that Really, to me, I only care if they're one high or two high, and then we talk about del. That's one of our things: depth, eyes, leverage, and and that tells you what that corner is playing. If he's man zone, cover two, cover three, you know, what, whatever. We can we can determine a lot by number one, seeing if they're one high or two high, or the depth leverage and their eyes. You know, of the corner, the way they're playing the, the receivers. So, and he's going through all that pre-snap, you know. Um, but with him being a three-year starter, he's seen a lot of different coverages. And I, what I like to do is, I like to reference other games when we're when we're talking. You know, um, he comes over with me as soon after every series, and we get on the iPad. You know, and Catron gets over there, and Tanner, all our quarterbacks and um, as Coach Mazers making run game adjustments, protections, adjustments. I'm over there with Aiden looking through the um, the iPad and we're looking at stuff. And I may say, hey, you remember last year when we played such and such and they tried to do this. It's the same thing right here. Remember what we did? You know, and that's a cool thing about having a retired – I mean, we can go all the way back. Hey, remember that cold night up at Worcester? And, and that guy was squeezing ginger on a post and we did, did – you know, we do that a lot. And it's just, it's that's a cool thing. you brought up three-year starter. I mean, being able to reference other things that's happened in coverage, you know, helps him remember, yeah, you know, this is it's familiar to him. So, he does a great job with it. You know, probably one of the best I've ever coached in recognizing coverage. Another thing, you know, this summer, um, Coach Hack and them, you know, rotated safeties on us one time and he made the right read immediately. I looked at Kale and said, man, that ain't supposed to happen day one. You know, he's, th- he's he's supposed to throw a pick right there on day one. But, you know, three-year starter.
3: So you talked about making adjustments on the fly during the game. You have your iPad out. You can see, um, you know, what's been going on, what Aiden's been seeing throughout the game and reference past games. Uh, the one thing we've talked about before is how every team's going to give Mass on their best shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might – throwing a screwball here or there. Um, and the one thing that we've been really good at is making adjustments on the fly. You know, sometimes, you know, as a team, we might not come out super hot, but by the end of the game, you know, we seem dominant. Um, do you see that very often, that teams are trying to fool us? And, uh, you know, how do you credit the whole staff on being able to make adjustments on the fly?
2: Um, well, it, I tell you, it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious because we, we just know we're going to get something different you know each week and we prepare and prepare all week we try our best to put our kids in worst case scenarios on monday and tuesday on the scout cards uh, coach mazer um draws up half the cards i'll draw up the other half and which we, we literally try to put our kids in bad situations uh, monday and tuesday wednesday we'll kind of taper off and try to let them have a little bit of success and then thursday we're trying to shine it up but um which what what Mazer and I've tried to do is kind of come up with the answers during the offseason when we're when we're designing our offense and designing what we want you know we say we think of how will people defend this and then we say well if they defend this you know we need to do this or this so we we really try to work hard on building our adjustments in in February, March, April you know and then and then You know, because you're not playing catch-up then. You're not trying to think of something on the fly. You know, you already got your adjustments built into your offense at that point. And so, you know, we'll we'll Mazer and I'll be looking at the the screen there. You know, the iPad or the TV on the sideline, and we'll both look at each other and go, "Hey, we need to run this." You know, and it's already installed. And we've you know during our camp days and during summer, we've tried it. We've we've repped it. You know, it may be something that we hadn't ripped in three weeks, you know, but it's needed and we can pull it out and say, hey, you know, remember we repped this during camp. This is what we're going to do now. So that, that really helps us adjust fast. And then having, you know, the, the the group of guys we have on the offensive staff. I mean, you know, we got Coach Stone up top in the press box seeing things and 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 um, making adjustments and, and letting us know what's going on. Um, that the the huddle sidelines unbelievable to have tool to have, uh, just to be able to coach off the 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 kids being able to see it see the film, and then you know just just the, guy, the quality of coaches that we have on the offensive side of the ball, you know really helps with those adjustments.
0: You kind of alluded to it there in your answer that the, the self scouting you do in the off season, mm-hmm. uh, where you you know you look at what you did what you did successful last year, what you want to bring into the next year, answers and all that stuff. How much of, like, say, what you think your guys coming back are going to do well goes into that? And how much of that, like, actually sticks going through, you know, making it to week one? Like, Say you, yeah. you think of, like, this play that you really like, you think it fits in your system, you go out on the field, you try and run it, and it just goes to hell.
2: <laughs> me, me and Mazer joked about... Um... About our playbook in the spring, about how different it looks in the spring compared to what it looks like now, and uh, he and I put together a—you a, know—it looks like a 150-page dissertation. I mean, basically, we're bored <laughs> during during the winter, yeah. And, and you know, we come up with things that we want to try. We come up with things that you know we had issues with the previous year, and how do we fix those issues? And some of it sticks, some of it's some of it don't. And and we just try to be as real as we can with each other when we're talking. And that's the great thing about our relationship is, you know, I can you know I can be sitting there and, and I'm just hell bent on running this one play. This is I really love it. And Mazer will flat out tell me that sucks. That's the stupidest play I've ever seen in my life. You know, what are you thinking? And I don't get my feelings hurt. I look at it and I think about it, and I go, all right, now I need to put my ego to the side. Yeah, you're right, Mazur, it does suck. What do you think? You know, and then he'll draw up his adjustment and, hey, that's great. But, you know, and he's the same way, you know, and, and, you know, some of it does stick. Some of it, you know, we come up with in the spring, we really like, and then going forward it works and it's great. And then some things we, you know, we get two weeks in the camp and say, let's scrap it. This is, this is not good, you know. Um, but, but being willing to do that as a coach it's big you, you know you hear people talk about it all the time you know I'm a big yeah I love listening to like uh Jocko's podcast and, and and uh reading his books and listening to him talk about extreme ownership and 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 ego and things like that and and I really try to do that with with my coaching style and really with with my leadership styles and and uh, just be willing to to just listen and put your ego on the table when you walk in a meeting room and just do what's best for masculine football. You know, because at the bottom line, that's whatever we can do to help win football games, that's what matters. You know, just because you came up with some idea and, and it's what it's because you came up with it, you're going to run it and be unsuccessful. That's just that's not good. Um, so, yeah, there's some things. And us working together for the past three years has been a big thing, too, because our offense has, you know, it's been similar similar each year, all right, but, but it's changed so much from 2017 to what it is now. And a lot of that is fixing issues during the offseason of what we, you know, we just kind of evolved.
3: When it comes to preparation for a specific team's defense, what they might run, what they could run, Um, How much of it would be based off of their scheme compared to maybe personnel? If there's a certain matchup you really like or maybe a certain matchup you really don't like, how much does that play a factor into how you prepare for them?
2: Well, um, well, the first thing we look at is what is their base defense? Are they an under team? Are they an odd stack? Are they odd? Like what is their base defense? All right, And then you go, okay, this is their base defense. They're an under team. All right, well, you know, how do they line up? Where do they put the Sam linebacker? You know, do they call field defense? You know, does the Sam always go to the field? Or does he go to the strength of the formation? You know, we try to determine that, you know. um, And then you get into certain personnel things after you find out what's their base defense. You know, do they play a team with a really good receiver? Well, yeah, you know, how did they – what did they do coverage-wise to cover that guy up? You know what? Did, 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 you know how do they? And then we really look at formations and personnel groupings, like like our double set. You know how do they treat two by two? How do they treat three by one? How do they line up to that? You know, and then honestly, there's so there's just when you there's only so many ways an under front defense can defend three by one. You know, I mean, uh, they can either play zone. You know, keep two backers in the box. You know. Or they can play cover one. or they, You know, you, you find out that by watching the film, you know. So, and, that answer it? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And an under-front defense, for those that might not know, that's four down linemen. Right. You have the guy on the outside shade of the guard is to the backside of the formation, a three-tech to the backside, more or less. Now, it seems like we get off to kind of a, like what Rob said, a slow start for most games. How much is that? Like you, kind of calling some base plays, just showing our base stuff to see what they're gonna do against us, and kind of like almost like the rope a dope, you know? Like, all right, let's take our beatings early, see what they're trying to do, and then figure it out from there.
2: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, especially when you when you get the ball first. If you get the ball first, it just changes things, you know, because you really want to put together a good drive. Um, you don't want to give them good field position. Um, you want to get a, you know, you we want to score every time we get the ball. But, you know, obviously you want to get a couple, at least a couple first downs. That way you don't, you know, letting them start on a short field opening up. But uh, that's always a struggle, you know. Uh, you, you just don't, sometimes you just don't know how they're going to line. Um, you know, sometimes you can call a shot play the first play of the game and, you know, it may hit or it may not, you know, and then, you know that's always a gamble because nothing's worse than, you know, kind of like Warren this year. We thought we had a little shot play off the first play, and Aiden missed the post to Jaden, and now we now you're second and ten. You know, so so that's that that's the other part of it too. If you do try to go after it the first play, you got to realize that if you don't connect, you know that that you know you're going to be in a second and long right off the bat. You know, and you're still kind of unsure how they're going to play things, and now you're second and long. You know, it's just a you know a mess for you for for a play caller. And then um you know and then when but when you do hit hit that shot it's it's a, it's awesome. Um, uh, it's just a it's it's a it's a feel. You know, you kind of feel it. You got to be able to f- manage that. Um, you know, I don't like taking shots first play of the game because your quarterback's got to settle down I think you know he runs out there out the tunnel the juices are going he's ready to rock and roll and you know he's ready to and he's you know a lot of times quarterbacks just overshoot the receiver they throw a bad ball because they're so juiced up and and going it's the first you know I like that first completion to be a nice easy completion rather than hey let's go let's throw a 60 yard bomb at Ballard first play here you know um, but sometimes when you do you feel it and you say man I, you know a lot of time I ask Aiden hey man what you think you want to go after it right here and you're and, you know like last year um, Whitehall Yearling when we hit Jaden was it Whitehall Yearling down at Mansfield yeah. Yeah. first yeah, was, play of the game yep. we hit that post you know we were back and forth as a coaching staff you know Mazer and I were sitting there talking and are like see we hit Mazer's like yeah yeah and that honestly when Mazur says, yes, yes, let's do it, you know, <laughs> I'm all in then because he feels comfortable about it. You know, if he looks at me and like, oh, I don't know, then, then I start thinking, eh, I don't know. But, you know, that's when you go to Aiden and say, what do you think? He's like, yeah, let's do it, coach. You know, then you feel like, you know, you got something. So it's a, it's, a, it's a, I know that's kind of a weird answer, but, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, you yeah, know, that first drive is so important to a ball game, and you don't want to waste it down. And sometimes, you know, I want to I want to get a look at what they're doing before we start taking some shots and start doing some crazy stuff. Because nothing's worse than turning the ball over that first first play of the game, you know.
3: Yeah, talking about how you start the game off, um, last week against Penn Trafford, uh, they got the ball first. They mm-hmm. come out, they march down the field, they take ten minutes off the clock oh. and score. Yeah. Right? And then we get the ball, and we march down with all run plays, not a single uh-huh. pass. Run, 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 run. touchdown run. A lot of runs. Only took two minutes off the clock. Uh-huh. As the play caller, what were you thinking watching them do the first drive in the time coming off the clock to begin with? And then, you know, how did you put together – your game your play calling for that first drive
2: well as we were as we were looking at it you know we're seeing the clock tick down and and you, you're thinking okay you know is this going to be their game plan are they going to run the play clock down and try to keep the ball out of our hands you know if so every possession is extremely important you know we don't want to waste a possession because if you get into a game like that Honestly, I had some. I had faith in our defense. They, they weren't going to line up and do that all night long. And I kept telling our kids that. They can't do this all night. They can't do this all night. So what we had to do on offense is don't go out there and get anxious and go, you know what, we're not going to get that many chances. Let's just start going crazy, throwing the ball all over the place, you know, try, trying to score on every single play because you, you can't get in that game. I remember we just kept saying, let's stick with our game plan. Let's stick with our game plan. You know, they can't do this all night. And um, we went out there and and said, let's just run the football. Now, they did try to onside kick. Mm -hmm. uh, Or did they? Did they try to – it was like a squib kick. We got great field position. So, right Mm -hmm. there, I kind of thought about taking a shot there. um, But I didn't know how much room we had. You know, sometimes on those shot plays – You got to make sure that you're in a certain striking distance, you know, because you know it's it's hard for a quarterback to to let it rip when he's only got a short field to throw it on, you know. So, you know, we were kind of in that iffy zone as if we wanted to take a shot and it said, let's just let's go out here and line up and run the football. That was our plan before we went out there, and and that's what we said, Mazer and I on the headsets. Let's stick to our plan. You know, and it just ended up that way. It was all runs. Now we had some RPOs in there, you know that that you know they were giving us um, a run look. So we handed the ball off. Kind of kind of different as to that that drive against St. V, where we threw it eight what seven or eight times in a row. Yeah, you said um, those are all run like plays.
0: Eight completions in a row. Yeah,
2: seven they're all they're run all run plays. plays. Yeah, same thing with that that possession. They're all mm-hmm. RPOs. We just we're getting a run look.
0: Now in the Booster Club meeting for that, um, Coach Moore made a point of saying like what we talked about earlier, how we get like a different look from defenses more often than not of what you know something they haven't shown, just a wrinkle, something rather. Penn Trafford came out and you know just kept doing what they were doing, and we knew what we were gonna get. Mm-hmm. How nice is that? Is you know when you. Uh, when you line up, you see, like, oh, this is what they've shown, this is what they are. And how how much does that affect your play calling versus, like, you know, what you have in store against the unknown?
2: Well, uh, it, it definitely helps knowing they're doing what they're doing. Now, what Penn Trafford did a good job of was, you know, we, we knew they had variations off their odd front defense, and they kept switching it up on us, you know. We couldn't get – we couldn't get them in one set front multiple times in a row. You know, they – they. I mean, we would look at each other and go, well, what – you know, we tried to get a beat on it by, are they lining up like this according to this personnel grouping? So we'd switch personnel groupings, kind of see if there was a pattern there. And there wasn't. They just did a good job of mixing up fronts. And so we would do some things like check it at line. You know, we would check it at line or we would call safe plays against, you know, that, that we – plays that we thought were good versus multiple fronts as the game went on we got a really good beat on what they were doing up front and um so we started doing some things with our fullbacks and and with our personnel groupings that would help us in the run game
0: we we talked about it before about the beginning of the games the fill out process and what you just said you know what are we what are these guys doing against our different personnel groupings how much do you guys make it a point of like you know you've seed guys script plays like your first 15 plays of the game you want to script just to get different looks different personnel groups out there mm-hmm. like how much do you guys do that versus like just kind of a feel-out process of okay this is what they're doing against this our base stuff let's see what they do against this and that
2: but me mazer and i create the call sheet you know the Front side is runs and the backside's passes and then we got some other columns all over the play sheet down a distance type stuff and then up in the top left hand corner a real small box it says script and it's like the first ten plays we think that we really like and we may go by and I usually make it through like the first play <laughs> you know <laughs> you know it just it's one of those things that sound good. But it just doesn't work that way, you know, because we get so many different looks, and you know, we don't really do that. Um, You know, that's more of a mental thing before the game. We'll put it on there, you know. um, I don't think I've strayed away from that so much this year. Um, In the past, I've done it, um, but uh, you know, we 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 we're not really we'll put it on there, but we typically by the third play start veering off of it.
3: With how our defense has been playing, you know, lights out for, you know, a long time now going oh, back yeah. to last year, the year before that. Um, so not that we've really seen the situation much. Um, I mean, maybe the East St. Louis game, that was more of a yeah. shootout than, you know, a yeah. grind it out. Yeah. Um, at what point would you notice that maybe the defense has been on the field a lot and that might change how you do your play calling to maybe give them a rest?
2: We, we don't we do not do that. Craig, Craig always tells us you Know, hey, y'all go score points. You know, we're not, we're not, we're never going to get in that situation where we go, man, defense has been on the field for a long drive. You know, let's, let's, let's try to put together a slow tempoed, grinded out drive. Now, nah, we're going to do what we got to do to score points. And McConnell will tell us that. And, and they'll say, hey, you know, let's say they, this past Friday he put together that long drive and if we're getting a look where we can hit one of our receivers over the top he'd be all in for it our defensive guys are like hey score points you know so you know that's 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 really encouraging that that we have a defensive staff that's confident in us to score points and you know we trust them too that they're going to get the job done too and it's just like anything we turn the ball over you know, I'll say to Craig, hey, sorry about that. Dang, you know, it put you in a bad spot there. Nope, our job is to stop them, you know. So, you know, that that's it's, it's, it's kind of a cool thing to have a staff like that. again, we've been working together for three years. And, um, you know, their job is to keep them out and our job is to score points. And and so we don't we've ne- – we we've never really have that conversation.
3: With the fourth quarter mentality that we have – uh, even going back to the off season with the conditioning program being a fourth quarter mentality, has there ever been a point where you can notice our kids are tiring out, or is that usual? You notice the other teams tiring out and our kids aren't.
2: Well, you know, the tiring out as a Massillon Tiger is not an option, and our kids know that. You know, obviously we try to keep fresh guys in at running back. You know, we try to rotate those guys so so we continually have fresh legs running at you. You know, that means in the second half you get a good dose of Preston Hodges. You know, then you know you got a fresh Preston running at you. Um, you know, fresh Zion getting in and running and and a fresh Keys running at you. You know, we don't have one guy carrying the ball fifty times, forty times a game. You know, that helps a lot because that's a lot on the running back and. You know, we, if we can limit guys playing both ways, we will. Um, but, you know, they just know that, that, hey, this is Maslin. You can't get – getting tired is not an option. And Coach Stu, you know, during the off season, you know, that plate paradise they do as a finisher is brutal. <laughs> I mean, it is brutal. And um, he – the way Stu trains our kids, um, you know, uh, a plate paradise in February, our kids much rather play a fourth-quarter game than go in there in the, in, in the Steve Studer weight room and, and do a plate paradise. You know, they, they would rather play a fourth-quarter game than go in there and do a plate paradise. Yeah, that's right. You know, or some type of finisher that Stu's come up with. I mean, that cat comes up with some painful stuff, you know, and it sucks. So, But it don't suck when you're sitting there running power at eight yards a clip in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, we did play Paradise when we played, but I can only imagine it's been cranked
2: up to eleven yeah, since, uh, since Stu has got back. It is painful. I mean, I, I just I'm a I'm an old coach, and you know, I've been working out with Stu in the morning since about March. You know, and I'm sore as hell right now, and <laughs> you know, um, I'd expect he can less. come up. Man, I think he enjoys bringing pain out of other people. You yeah, know, through, he enjoys through pain in himself. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird, but it works. And our kids are tough, and they're physical, and they get after it, and they don't get tired, and, you know, so hats off to our strength staff.
0: Yeah, um, you kind of alluded to it about having our running backs. Like, you know, we got Preston, we got Keys, we got Zion. Um, we have a lot of guys that, frankly, in any other team would love to just run their offense through how much fun is that like designing different play different ways to get different guys the ball and almost like uh just like an abundance of wealth that we have on offense
2: uh yeah it's a old saying there's only one ball you know and number one you got to have a bunch of unselfish kids you know because what was it game one Andrew Wilson lamp just exploded you know just played his played a great game, set a record. And probably the happiest person in the stadium for him was Jaden Ballard. You know, and um, so that, that plays into a big part of it. You know, uh, Zion Pfeiffer runs for a touchdown. Preston and, and, and Keys are the first ones to congratulate him. You know, and, and we got a lot of that going on, which is big you know, or a guy like Jaron Hodges, you, you know, maybe it's a, it's a game where we're not in two by two or three by one and in our 10 personnel type stuff a lot, but when he gets out there, he makes his reps count, you know, and never complains. So, so that, that's, that's one thing that, that we have going for us that helps. But then also as a, you know, as, as, as an offense, you know, it's a lot of fun, you know, um. And and you gotta be smart too in, in looking at what these guys do best. You know, there there may be certain plays that, that that this guy does better than this guy. So you may need to sub in there or 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 come up with some things for him that's separate from him, or you may need to change the protection up. You know, maybe he's better at this in protection or whatever. You know, so so you gotta be willing to adapt to the certain players and make, build off their strengths so but the cool thing is how unselfish our kids are you know they don't care they just want to win yeah
3: we've seen a few formations this year that have keys and pifer out there at the same time mm-hmm. uh, something a little bit different than what we might have saw last year mm-hmm. um how does having that personnel open up your playbook
2: oh uh, it's great you know and and, and you know uh, we ran some jet sweep off of it and and, and, you know, fake the jet and do a pass, fake the jet and hand it off to Zion, some things like that. It's just, uh you know, we're not change, wholesale changing what we do. We're still running our offense, but it just gives us a little more, you know, not only a, a chance to get the ball on the edge with with, with uh, Terrence, but it also gives, you know, defenses have to prepare for that. You know, you got to spend time on jet sweep. you got to talk about, well, what if they do this off of it? You have to talk about that and and, you know when when defense coordinators write all the formations on the board and all the motions and this and that now they got to decide well what are they going to be in you know what are they going to come out in what are they going you know what are they doing this week because you know and you guys probably notice it but probably the general people just watching the game may not notice it but we, we do a little different thing each week little wrinkles here and there off of formations and personnel groups that um that you're gonna see a little different things each week and you know that that that'll drive a defense coordinator nuts because we we may have done something week one that we're not doing that we hadn't done in two weeks and you think well maybe i don't need to rep that you know and then you're playing us and and we're in that set you know so yeah it's it makes defense coordinators have to prepare a lot you know i learned that the hard way i lost um When I was at Lakeside, uh, we lost our defense coordinator, took a college job real late one year, and so I had to do the defense. And uh, this team we played lined up in a polecat, like in week one, and we were playing them in week seven. Polecat, I don't know if y'all call it polecat.
0: I'm lost. It's like 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 where you lined up. Yeah,
2: These guys give me hell up here because (laughs) I call things so different. It's like when you line up the offense line all – on one side, and then you put like trips over here. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a screw, and then just the center by himself up right oh, here my. with the quarterback. And, yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, season, we
0: see some field goal stuff like that. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah, yeah. but
2: these guys did it like in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, talks. We need to rip that. I was like, ain't gonna run that. They ain't run it. Ain't gonna run that. <laughs> and Aaron, be damn sure you run it. Right before <laughs> halftime, they got in the daggone polecat. And drove the ball all the way down to like the three yard line, and my kids are looking at me like, hey, I'm out there trying to line them up. Hey, we don't have any timeouts.
0: You're
2: mm-hmm. at Jones County High School down in South Georgia. I mean, it was it hot. God, it was a nightmare. And then the locker room was awful. So, so then, so they fumble and we recover it. So. God, thank God! Good coaching. So guess what yeah. we did? Guess, guess what we did. The whole whole halftime, we sure. didn't talk about their buck sweep or you know some adjust. We spent the whole halftime trying to lie to the polecat, yeah, and they never did it again. So you know, I learned my lesson on that. About if a team shows something, you better at least have a plan. You know, you better at least know. You know, so I kind of went down. Sorry, I went down wrong. It <laughs> no, just brought back a memory that just. <laughs> God, what a terrible coaching job I did.
0: No, but, you're you're fine going down any of those kind of holes. Yeah,
2: I mean, God. It was so hot. It was gray Georgia. You ever heard of gray Georgia? I've heard of Georgia. Okay.
0: <laughs> we talking north, it's south? It's hot, right, I man? It's yeah.
2: right. It's hot. It's hot. near Warner Robins. Hmm. Awful. Right in the middle of the state. Like right there at the edge of where they consider South Georgia awful gnats flying in your mouth <laughs> oh. during pregame <laughs> rough
0: I, I think we had a mentor game like that back in like what 2010 yeah, yeah I, I've, always been like gnats. I've always been a big fan
2: i've
3: always been a big fan of you know lining up in those super weird formations like that yeah because I, I have always thought you know other teams have to prepare for it but at the same time if you show up and you just sprint into some really weird formation mm. 50% of the time, the other team's going to burn a timeout just because. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, we can just get them to burn a timeout for no reason, eh, eh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or they have to prepare for it all halftime. I don't know. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about what we're going to do as coaches up in the stands. And I emphasize, up in the stands.
2: It's <laughs> 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 the easiest place to coach from. I know that. Uh, we oh, hear yeah. that all the time. Yeah. But you know that, you know, like people, people, you know, some coaches go on these big Tired, you know, these guys, that, you know, every man thinks he can grill and coach, you know, or or it's easier to call plays than stand. But that's part of it, you know. That when you begin, you start coaching, all right. And you know, you know what? If you call me an idiot on a Friday night and something bad happens, you know, I'm probably calling myself an idiot too, you know. And it's just, it is what it is. I don't get all worked up when people do that.
0: It is what it is, and that's kind of, like, I want to say 90% of yeah. the reason we started this, because I got tired of hearing people talking, like, oh, we should do this, we should do that. I'll never forget McKinley game last year, when we're, it's like fourth quarter, we're trying to burn the clock. It's like, yeah. dude, 3 rows up behind me, he's like, oh, we gotta run the ball, let's get under center here. Like, like we're holding an I formation. Yeah, that, ac- that one oh. always
2: kills me, too. You know how yeah. often we practice, get under center?
0: Uh, victory formation?
2: Yeah, victory. You know, and the first time we get under center, and we fumble a snap. I guarantee you that person would say, "Hey, why they in the shotgun?" You know, so it's just what it's part of the fan experience. I not whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, and like we said before, we like to kind of, not quite quarterback from the stands, but we talk about what we do.
2: Yeah. Um, it's part of being. That's part of it. Part of being a fan. Hey, well, everybody's guilty of it on Saturday watching the watching the uh, my gamecocks are terrible right now, so you know
0: it's okay because the Buckeyes are doing great. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Rob,
3: feel free to take it away anytime to move the conversation along. Well, I'm glad that you understand that aspect coming from the fans because yeah. not everybody does, and uh, I mean I was definitely one of those guys <laughs> beforehand. Are definitely one of those guys now. No, I give them benefit of the doubt most of the time. I'm joking. Continue. Good. Yeah. I still give you guys a little bit of crap here and there, but, yeah. you know, that's expected. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, I mean, for we used to talk about this a lot last year. Not as much anymore, but, you know, the more that we've gotten to talk to you guys, you mm-hmm. know, we're learning so much about football from just talking to you guys about football. Um, whereas we might have sat in the stands two years ago and said the dumbest things. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just don't do that anymore. Now we hear people saying the dumbest things, and it's like, you know, I guess that was us a yeah. couple of years ago. But I don't still, think that. still just, a little bit now, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. for the most part, I, I try not to, you know. Say well, anything, some
2: people but, just don't know, you
0: know, and that's uh, fine. Speaking of people saying the dumbest things, I just want you because Coach Moore walked us through in the booster club what mm-hmm. happened. Pen Trafford right before halftime. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you could kind of walk us through, explain what happened and why it turned out the cluster <laughs> that it did. I mean, yeah. it turned out perfect. But yeah. if you could walk us through that.
2: Yeah, it was. Um. Obviously, it was an idea what happened. You know, and 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 we're kind of overanalyzing. I mean, at least we did score. Obviously, we would be if we didn't score. You know, it'd be an issue, too. But anyway, it was a great learning experience for Aiden. Great learning experience. So we take the timeout, and we're out there talking, and uh, obviously we got to throw the ball. All right, we're out of timeouts. Yes, we know that. We know we've got to <laughs> throw the ball. You know, we didn't sit in there and say, let's, let's hand this thing off here and run the clock out and not score points. Let's do that. We didn't say that. We wanted to throw the ball, so we're sitting there talking. You know, and they are a too high team. Okay, and the issue is when you get down there. You know, yeah, let's just throw it up to Ballard. Well, are they going to have safety help? Are they going to beat him up at the line? Are they going? Is the safety going to play over top? What about Andrew? Is the other safety going to be over the top? You know what that means is they're loosening up in the box for the run game if both safeties are over the top. Also, as a safety, if you see a high hat the safeties are reading um offensive linemen they're reading the tackle if he sees a high hat it's not run he's going to get his eyes on the receiver right now and go run over the top all right so
0: and a high hat for those listening is a lineman dropping back into a pass yeah, set getting in the which set. usually stand up upright which is to say your head
2: gets higher mm-hmm. well and what do you do hank on a run play you, you block you, you get block the run low yeah. hat, You right? shoot out low yeah. out of your stance, yeah. and, so you,
0: so, and your head stays lower.
2: Right, so you got a low hat. And safeties, if they get a low hat read, they're going to rally down in the box for run support. You know, need to have Coach Hackle here explaining <laughs> that. He probably does it a little more elo- eloquent than I do. um Anyway, so our decision was, hey, let's RPO this. Let's RPO it. We'll tag our pass off of a run. But we're not telling the linemen what we're doing because we don't want them to – we want them to run, block run, to sell it so it pulls those safeties down, right? Yep. All right. I tell Aiden, throw the ball. All right. Yeah, we're called an RPO. Throw the ball. I told him, throw the ball. And he looked at me and said, okay. He goes out there and – What does the safeties do? Pre-snap, both safeties run over the top of our receivers. Well, what has he been coached to do for since last year? That's, hand the ball off. So, almost like a creature of habit, you know? Hey, you know, so he's seeing that. I mean, you gotta think too now, these are kids. These are kids now, and, and, and if you expect kids to be perfect, they're gonna make mistakes. All right. One good thing about our guy, Maslin, number five, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, and I can I can say that. I know that's a bold statement. He better not this week. <laughs> but I know it's a bold statement, but ask anybody on our offensive staff, Aiden don't make the same mistake twice. And they ran over the top, and he says, oh, hand it off. He hands it off, you know, and and – of course, that's when, oh, these guys are idiots. They're running the ball with no timeouts. Uh, so we got them lined up real quick and scored. We just called pass pro. But what that did was when Aiden saw that safety run over the top, he knew then he could back shoulder Ballard uh, because you know he knew he couldn't put a lot of air on it. So it actually helped us on the second play. We knew what they were doing.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
2: back shouldered. Um, the throw, great, unbelievable throw, unbelievable catch. You know, and we got an end zone and scored. Um, unbelievable
0: pass protection.
2: Yeah, unbelievable pass pro. Hey, we can't hear that. Knocking on wood. We've been really, 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 really good at pass pro the past few years. Um, so, Coach is going to keep coaching that up. So, we're going to be fine. But, um, you know, that's what happened, you know, and, and you know, we scored, we're celebrating, chest bump, and I grabbed him. I said, Aiden, listen, I told you to throw the ball. I know, Coach, but the safeties ran over the top, you know. And and I go, yeah, that's what we – I said, but in that situation, you know, we don't have a, no timeouts. We don't have enough time to run another play. You can't hand the ball off. Teaching, teaching moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it was kind of a weird situation, you know, and that, and that's what happened. So, I don't know.
3: <laughs> what I got from that was that we tried to run essentially a traditional play action pass. Right. And throw it up, bait in the safeties, linebacker. Yeah, to keep the and safeties with,
2: from over the top. You know, now, what if what if we just would have called a fade just blindly, hey, let's throw it up, and then that safeties runs over the top and picks the ball off? Then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm we look really bad too. Right. You know, so so we're we're trying to, we're trying to put our kids in the best situation to be successful. Does it work all the time? No. All right? Do we want it to work every time? Of course. Of course we do. And we work our butts off to make sure that we we put our good kids in great position.
0: But that's football. It's, it's football you you know, things happen. It's you got 22 guys working in their own different, you know, coercion of right. Let's see what's gonna happen here, and you can never be one hundred percent with anything,
3: right? So, yeah. So that was looking back at last week. Looking forward to this week against Firestone. Um, I don't know much about them. I wasn't at the Booster Club meeting. You know, what can you tell us about them, and what are you expecting to see from them?
2: all right Offensively, they're spread teams, zone schemes. Not a lot of gap stuff. More, more. You know, I, I run this uh, I help run the Scout team so I, I get a get to see a lot of what they do offensively zone schemes um, a lot of two by two three by one um, some tight end stuff um, some boot stuff out of tight end looks where they drag the tight end things like that um, defensively they're a under front defense they um, put their Sam to the field a lot they you know um, a lot of two high, you know. Cover two, cover four. You know, a little bit of one high, not much. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what we get Friday night. Uh, but but mostly two high under front. Um, you know, got some guys that that you know do a good job. Um, they're winless right now, so you know they're going to be itching to come in, Paul Brown, and try to give it their best shot. Uh, we just got to go play our game. Play at our standard is what I tell the kids all the time. So don't let, don't let our standard drop for anyone. You know, we're, we've been – you know, I, I know Miller said it when he was on here last time and uh, Mazer says it all the time. I say it all the time. It's fourth at one every day around our place. And, you know, we coach every day as if, you know, it's fourth down and we got to get it done. And it doesn't matter who we play. Uh, I know a lot of coaches say that, you know, it, you know, we're playing against ourselves or, you know, whatever coaches say, you know, but we mean it. You know, we everything is a big deal. You know, every snap is a big deal. So we just got to do that Friday night, play at our standard, do what we're supposed to do, and uh, we're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, um, to kind of play on what you're saying, coach speak, the standard is yeah. the standard. You know, <laughs> you hear a lot of guys say that, but – we tend to live up to that, and I think that's the big difference. Um, and beyond that, I think the big quote from Coach Moore at the Booster Club was, "There's not a lot going on there." Yeah. And you know, for Firestone, I I don't know what to say besides, there's really not a lot going on there. Yeah. You know,
2: and and you can't lie to kids. No. You can't tell them, hey, you know, they they're zero and four, but you know they. They come in here you know, you got to be real with them because they watch film too, you know. So you can't sit there and lie to them about, you know, hey, this three technique is going to do And, you know, I'm not talking about their specific three technique, but just, hey, their three technique, you know, he's going to do this and this and this. And, and the kid the kid goes home and watches film and goes, that kid didn't do that, you know. So, so don't lie to the kids. I mean, it is what it is. What you see is what you get. Now let's go play our standard of football. You know, we can't control how they play. You know, that's not on us, but we control how we play, how we prepare, and let's go out and play and Tiger football on Friday night.
0: Yeah, that was one thing that I think Firestone last year really resonated with me, not not the game itself, but leading up to it is where I kind of really got a peek behind the curtain of the, you know, you guys, the coaches, what's mm-hmm. going on and how you talk to the kids of the the goal for Firestone – last year was all right let's score at least 40 points and hold them to a shutout mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing you're that you spoke to about not lying to the kids being honest with them and holding them to our standard
2: and that's really our goal every week to be honest with you that's what we want to do every week you know so we, we try not to change that theme you know
3: yeah i guess it's so like one thing going into this game in the mentality of it you know something that you know, you might not hear from a co- a standard coach in a standard locker room if you're going into a game like this and you have nothing else to play for. You know, you don't think you're going to have to try hard. You know, all these kids have highlight tapes, right? Go out there and block. Get a Fried. pancake. Get a pancake every single time. Put it on your highlight tape. Everybody loves to see that, right? Yeah. Your as a team, your yards per game, your defensive shutout. You know, all of these things you can play for, and also. You know, we're at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. You never know what college coach is there. I don't think the kids get told who's on the list before they come to the games, right? No. That's something they usually, you know, you see some of them online, but after the game. But, you mean, you never know who's going to be at this game.
2: And you never know when your last play is in Paul Brown. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you may think it's week nine, you know, or week 11 or whatever, you know, but. Every opportunity you get to step in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium and play in that football stadium and play for this program, you know, people say it all the time, you know, man, that's a lot of stress on a high school kid. No, it's not. It's an honor, it's a privilege, you know, to go out there and do that. You know, I wish God knows, you just don't know how bad I wish I would have played football here, you know, and yeah, why waste that? why waste that opportunity on you know just because you think another team's not as good as you or yeah you know, shut up go play football you know it don't matter who we're playing go do your thing and um so that's what we sell them we sell them on that hey and our kids know our kids know they know better than to to laugh at another team or to to disrespect another team because they think that they're better than them. Our kids aren't gonna do that, you know. They don't. They don't have that mentality. Um, they're gonna be confident. They're gonna be excited to play, you know. But, you know, um, hey, we gotta go out there and play. You know, we go out there and stink it up Friday night, you know. That's not good. That's not good going forward. Not for where our program is right now, where what our goals are as a program right now. You know, our goals right now is to play at a certain standard, a championship level standard, and there's there's no off week for that. You know, I don't care who you're playing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean that that kinda every coach that comes on, whether they try to, like JP or Stu or or not. <laughs> you know JP's the man kind of drops a quote that just like it gives me it gets it gets me pumped up ready for more mass and football and yeah. that you never know when your last play in Paul Bron Tiger Stadium that kind of get that gets you that got me juiced no. got man, me it's like I go.
2: tell it's like I tell Aiden hey man this is week 5 it's already week 5 stain's going to go fast man this is your senior year don't waste a moment don't waste one moment you know Soak it up, the pregame when you when you're at just just little things like pregame warm ups. Soak it up, man. These are the best times you're gonna have in your life. I don't care where you go to play or whatever, it's never gonna be as good as a Friday night in Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Ever. Oh
0: God. <laughs> Got me looking for the same brick walls JP had me going through. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean definitely. you guys play I mean, I mean it's yeah. you don't get to go back. It's no, different, it's, man. It, 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 it's different. People that have never experienced it. As a coach or player, it's different on Friday night. And, you know, um, you don't want to waste that. You don't want to waste it, yeah. ever.
3: Yeah, I mean, you never get to go back, that's for sure. Um, I mean, the same mentality should go out to the fans. You know, they shouldn't go into the game thinking one thing or another. You know, they should treat it like every other game. Go out there yeah. when it's third down, get loud. Our yeah. defense is trying to pitch a shutout. It doesn't matter what, you know how many points we have on the board. We're still trying to pitch a shutout.
2: So I mean, and our kids feed off that energy. Our kids love it when they hear, and I love it too. And I hear the T I G E R S. You know, gosh, where? You know, where's we want that week five just like we wanted it week one. We want the same enthusiasm week five as we're gonna have over there in Canton. You know, we want that enthusiasm every game. Our kids deserve that. They work their butts off. The what we ask our kids to do, the time they put in, and, and and the things that they do for this program to go out and perform on a Friday night, uh, you know, they deserve that. And um, you know, and our team really feeds off of it. when our when our stadium is loud and getting hyped up. Our kids love it, you know. And you're right, Rob. It should be should be just like that this week against Firestone.
0: Yeah, you know, they say the. We tell the kids they're playing for the name on the front of the jersey. No doubt. Well, the name on that front of the jersey should be there, supporting them playing for them. Which leads me to think, you know, maybe we should reschedule our big blowout tailgate. But you know, that's neither here nor there.
3: <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll make yeah. it work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, get
2: in the stadium. You talk
3: about Thanks. the fans getting the team all hyped up. You know, the, the fans get loud. That the team gets energy from that. Um, another aspect of that, I remember last year against East St. Louis, we heard that they had trouble, you know, hearing the snap count. They had trouble mm-hmm. hearing each other during a timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watched the Browns Monday Night Football game, Sunday Night Football game, yeah. Jared Goff was saying to Sean McVay that he couldn't hear him through his headset. It, it can make a huge difference. In a game, it does. If a team can't hear very well, you know, you you can call especially a like a team that and,
2: comes from out of state or has never played him, Paul Brown. Mm-hmm. It can make a huge difference. Then you know, yeah, it's just different. Yeah, they so,
3: mean, I mean show off, up, you know? stay the full game. You know, get loud, and you know, take every play serious. Because if you aren't, if the stadium is only half empty, and the fi- this team looks up and sees that. You know, it can have a negative effect on them. So show up and just act the same week five, week seven, week one as you would any other week, and uh, you know, really show every opponent that comes in what Masson's about. That's another thing that I'm big about. Oh yeah, I want to show the other team, the other team's fans, any reporters. And that
2: coach, that coach said that in the in Mm -hmm. his article. The coach from uh, Penn Trafford, he said that about the atmosphere and the fans and the you know pulling in and seeing all the tailgating going on. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome.
3: Yeah. So for a tiger fan, this is only one of, you know, 15 games, Mm -hmm. but it's the only time that Firestone, Firestone's parents, Firestone's reporters are going to get to see Maslin this year. So, you know, go out there and show them what Maslin's like. That's, you know, I want every single team that comes in to have a takeaway.
0: Yeah. uh, And I mean, I have nothing really else to add to that besides
3: get in there, get loud,
0: get loud, get after it.
3: And standing up is okay.
0: Yes. Standing yes. up is okay. <laughs>
2: standing up and getting after it. There we go.
0: You know, yeah. it's... I get it. If it's, you know, a, a not an appropriate situation to stand up, then you're probably not missing much either, so there's also no need to complain about someone standing oh, up in front of you. <laughs> <It happens. laughs> not that we've been there. It happens. It happens. Anyway, before we get you out of here, we usually do rapid fire questions, but... We rolled through that with you before. Mm-hmm. Two questions. One, right. you have any update on the lizard man? No, I mean, no spottings.
2: No spotting. Actually, he hadn't been seen since the 80s.
0: So, no spottings.
2: Yeah.
3: No more. Nobody
0: has. Yeah,
2: I'll have to Google it, but I think it was, yeah, no spottings since the 80s. He's a lot. I mean,. Exactly. I was going to say,
0: nobody has him on his wall anywhere since,
2: like, the 80s. I don't know. I don't know. Him? There, I don't know. Is there a, I, I, a shortage of You know, sometimes when these hurricanes come through mm-hmm. and a little bit of flood, flooding yeah. happens yeah. down where my mama lives, you would think he's going to come out, right? Yeah. But not, not, I don't know. No sightings lately.
0: What a shame. What a shame.
2: Yeah. I still believe in him, though. We'll and co- so does Jarvis. Jarvis believes in him, too. Oh, no, I'm all
0: in. I'm still, like, working on my hunting gear.
2: To Jarvis believes. Stu's on the fence. He's kind of <laughs> like um, Dick Roof.
0: Listen, I'm not going to be happy until I have a lizard man head mounted on the wall in this room. Oh, it'd be great.
2: <laughs> be great. <laughs> Maybe right. we just need to go down there and just camp out for a weekend in in, uh, in the swamp.
3: Yes. Like, no. y- yeah. yeah, you're not. A couple of tires and a new alternator belt. And we'll see if our R V can get it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get it there, alright. <laughs> Second question.
0: I think we asked you we asked you last year, right? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The question this year, is a Pop Tart a ravioli?
2: No. No? Why no. not? Because Pop Tart. It's a a uh it's got icing on it and some kind of fake fruit in the inside ravioli has meat in it what about a cheese ravioli i've never heard of that they don't have them down so they don't got those (laughs) no they just got ravioli, and they don't have fresh ravioli like my wife carried me up to um little italy up in cleveland Mm -hmm. kind of this you know real nice restaurant and hell i didn't know what to order and um (laughs) they had some ravioli or some other stuff i can't pronounce and
0: that's kind of how we live uh, off of you well Just the ravioli the i'm
2: course. used to is that chef rd stuff in the can mm-hmm. oh you know that's high and that's got meat in it yeah. yeah you know so that's what i think of ravioli pop tart is a is basically like a like a piece of like 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 a cupcake or something all right you know, so icing with fake fruit on the inside
0: so your definition of ravioli it has to have meat in it correct Okay. So in my mind. All right. Yeah. So pop tart filled with meat.
2: Gross. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, but that would be ravioli I reckon.
3: All right. Uh, that's all I needed to know. It's going to be a real niche market, but
0: a niche market of I'd buy one. I'd I'd buy it out of pure morbid curiosity yeah yeah. if I wasn't the one to make it because I guarantee nobody else is making yeah. it
2: oh boy my son's crush pop tarts <laughs> love them so
0: alright uh, I got nothing Rob that's it I guess uh, that's the end of this interview end of this Black Swarm podcast yeah. um, if we gotta send you out on a song
2: what do you got who man gotta send me out on a song that's a tough question i wasn't ready for that one um like probably it's stars. a great day to be alive by travis tritton mm. all right
0: like that works it. that works and with that go tigers beat
2: firestone go tigers T I G.
1: I got a rice cooking in the microwave got a three-day beard. i don't plan to shave and it's a Goofy thing, but I just gotta say, hey, I'm doing alright Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup I'm feeling pretty good, and that's the truth It's neither drink nor drug-induced, no, I'm just doing alright And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes, there's some Hard times in the neighborhood, but why can't every day be just this good? Oh, yeah. It's been 15 years since I left home and said good luck to every seed I'd sown. Give it my best and then I left it alone. I hope they're doing alright. I look in the mirror and what do I see? A long wolf there staring back at me Long in the tooth but harmless as can be Lord, I guess he's doing all right And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why? it's only me and the shadows that fill this room. Sometimes I'm falling, desperately calling Oh, Harley for a three-day cruise Might even grow me a man Manchu uh, And it's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes There's some hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this good? It's a great day Hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just this way?